0: Attorney Aaron Hopkins has been in practice for over 24 years. From his downtown West Frankfort private practice, he serves Southern Illinois and beyond. Aaron Hopkins offers a general practice, family law, criminal defense, DUI reinstatement, and other law matters you may have. AaronHopkinsLaw.com. Joining us on the phone now is Kevin Sir. He's the director of communications for the Illinois Emergency Management Agency. Going to talk this morning about disaster kits, emergency preparedness. Good morning, Kevin. How are you?
1: Good. Thanks, Robert. How are you today?
0: Well, I'm good. The weather's nice, and it's the good days, like today, that are the best to prepare for the bad days that will eventually come. And, Kevin, as I'm doing the research uh, for emergency kits, disaster preparedness, the one thing that I kept seeing was don't necessarily buy something right off the shelf, a complete kit, that you want to sort of personalize these kits to your individual needs.
1: Yeah, you're, you're you're absolutely right. Everybody's emergency kits should be ready to go no matter what season it is. Uh, we always recommend the standard kind of stuff, right, like food, water, medication, all the standard things that would help anybody out. However, everybody has a different kit. You're going to like different snacks than me and different candy than me or have different things that would help better your um, – maybe survival after a disaster so everybody's going to have just a little bit of a different kit um, I, you know, we also encourage a couple other things aside from uh, the normal standard water, food and medication for a couple of days, you know we tell people you know first aid kit's always good to have in there as well and of course extra phone chargers and cables, that way they can stay in touch with their loved ones or get gather more information these are all easy things that anybody can put together and it could always be enhanced and refreshed every season
0: Yeah, and that's another important aspect. Some of those items like medication or snacks or beverages that you put in those kits, they can have expiration dates. So it's a good idea to update this periodically.
1: Oh, for sure. And, of course, everybody's uh, preferences. Change over time. So, you know, maybe you like a different kind of snack. You can always update that with all the good stuff. I, I do want to tell folks that in the wintertime, sometimes it gets a little cold here in Illinois. So, definitely taking a few moments to check some of your liquids, like the water or Gatorade, you know, those, those other types of uh, drinks in there because it could freeze.
0: Yeah, and one tip um, I saw for that uh, changing temperatures is if you're storing water in a, in a jug, a plastic jug, don't fill it all the way full to allow for that uh, freezing uh, effect to, uh, well, not bust the jug. One more thing that I found was the time of these kits, and the newest guidance is 72 hours in an emergency, but also planned for two weeks' worth being stuck at home with supplies. Is that about the time frame we're looking at?
1: Yeah, uh, everybody's preparedness level is different. And, you know, while we, we want you to have more than less, it kind of depends. Uh, so we have originally said an emergency go bag should last you uh, two days right so at least you get you kind of out of the house and get you going and evacuated to wherever you need to go. However, if we have extended periods of loss of electricity or you're going to be in a shelter or you know, those types of situations, you may need supplies and things for a little bit longer. Now, it, again, it's going to vary from person to person, but you just need to figure out what would best work for you and your loved ones in case of an emergency for two weeks.
0: And you want to avoid during the year... <laughs> Double dipping is what they call it because, you know, we're in southern Illinois. I see woods out the window. The Shawnee National Forest is down the road. Crab orchards down the road. And a lot of people go camping around here. Don't double dip those emergency supplies as your camping supplies because life gets in the way and you may not be able to replace them when that emergency comes because they never plan it. 100%
1: 100% correct. Uh, many of the folks in your area uh, enjoy the great outdoors, and there are some beautiful parks and places to visit throughout southern Illinois. Uh, as always, after every big trip, you'll want to double-check all of your supplies. and If you need it, it's there. It's, I'm glad that everybody has their preparedness kits ready to go, but you know, also think about other things in your preparedness kit in case you get lost. Having an extra set of identification, or maybe even some tapers that could uh, help you out, or maybe Maybe even stuff for your pets. Many people have pets and they take them on trips. So maybe extra snacks uh, and then maybe some treats for your pets so that they don't get bored, especially during the wintertime.
0: Yeah, and you has talked about some of those additional items. We're on the phone with Kevin Sir with IEMA. And one uh, thing they said to prepare for that I never really thought of was your mental health. And not just medications or things like that, but things to keep your mind active, especially for kids. You know, you're not having TV. Cell phones have to be reserved for emergencies. You know, you got to break out the old school books, playing cards, whatever, to keep your mind engaged.
1: Those are all great tips uh, to consider. Uh, one of the things that we like to have are these little small pocket games and kind of keeps the kids interested. On a long car ride or even if you're stuck somewhere for several hours due to the weather, you know, we want to be able to keep our kids at least a little bit more occupied. Uh, I, I think also having good snacks for the kids as well. Not not the boring snacks, the good snacks <laughs> uh, for sure will help you pass your time away.
0: Yeah, and those snacks, uh, you talked about medication earlier and prescriptions, but also those non-prescription medications, Tums, you know, you'll get heartburn maybe, you know, you got pain relievers, anti-diarrheal medications because, well, who knows about the water? These are all things you have to think about.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, there's a bunch of over-the-counter medications that you can grab before you go. And, you know, we always tell people to have a three, uh, it's like two, two-day supply of medications. Now, this takes a little planning, uh, a little bit of planning ahead, right? So you want to ask your physician or your, your, your doctor or the pharmacy to kind of uh, ask them what you can get ahead in advance. But definitely a couple days in advance would be helpful for medications. Also, for those with contacts, Consider throwing an extra pair of glasses. You may not have one, but maybe even an older pair inside your preparedness kit could help out on that side, just in case you lose your contacts.
0: We're on the phone with Kevin Sir of IEMA. You talked about medications just a moment ago, and through the pandemic and the medical world got turned upside down. Drug shortages are a thing now, and it's harder to get those stockpiled supplies. Do you have any advice for folks who might need a prescription but they having trouble get filling it.
1: Yeah, um, like, like I said before, um, if you could talk to your uh, family physician or your doctor, they can kind of help you plan ahead. And I think a lot of people do actually talk to them a little ahead of longer trips. So, uh, you know, they may be able to make amends and maybe kind of help you out on that side. On top of that, too, you know, if you're thinking about medications, you also want to think about masks and gloves as well those are always great things to have uh wherever you are and can help uh, not only you but some of your other family members who could also be sick
0: yeah mask gloves important thing and also two things i saw was a whistle to signal for help i never thought of that and just a utility tool hammers pliers always come in handy
1: yeah, uh, hammers and pliers, you know, the general utility tools can be used for a whole host of things, including shut offs of gas in your house in case things uh, go sour. You can do those kinds of things. But uh, I, you know some of the basic things about having a whistle to help identify if your car goes off of the side of the road and it's hard to uh, get out of the ditch, the whistle will help uh, identify your position to search and rescue or to local public safety officials. I think those also work out pretty well, and if you have them, uh, the little uh, side sticks, which is the neon sticks that you kind of break uh, and activate, those also help identify a few things. You know, flashlights are always great, too. Uh, So flashlights uh, are always good.
0: Yeah, flashlights, extra batteries, and they do sell. They're very affordable now. A solar generator you can place outside. You're not going to be able to run the air conditioner or the refrigerator probably, but you can charge up that cell phone. You can charge up that tablet, and you can get uh, some communication if you need it. We're on the phone with Kevin Sir from IEMA, and another thing that I uh, found during the research, Kevin, was a community mentality. A lot of people think when a disaster happens and you know what hits the fan, you're on your own. You're the lone wolf. You're, you know, MacGyver against the world. But if we all work together, it's usually a better way to come through the other side of this.
1: Uh, t- totally. Uh, one of the good things is that while you may be best prepared, some of your family members or your neighbors may not be as prepared as you are. So we definitely encourage people to take a few moments to check in on their loved ones and maybe contact them via text messaging or maybe a quick phone call and ask how they're doing. Uh, in these disasters, we often see neighbors checking in on other neighbors, making sure that they're okay, making sure that they have the food, water, medication, the stuff that they need. And if they don't have those things, Provide them the opportunities, or get them in contact with those who can. Again, all of this has to do with a disaster. It's collectively all of our uh, all of our efforts to help each other out.
0: Another thing that can be important is how you store that disaster kit. Do you have any guidance on whether you put it in a you know a waterproof Rubbermaid time container or a duffel bag with handles? Is it's uh, up to your individual preferences.
1: Yeah, uh, everybody's preparedness kit's going to be a little different depending on the size and, of course, the snacks that you have in there. Uh, however, uh, one of the ones that we want to recommend to folks that if you're keeping a go kit in your car or or someplace that you would have to move, consider a pretty sturdy backpack. I, pretty sure many folks have a bunch of old backpacks just lying around. However, uh, if you have to go places and travel from location to location, fairly mobile, we want you to be able to have your hands free. So a backpack or a large duffel bag that has larger handles on the side to kind of throw around your shoulders may also help out and free your hands up. This way, you can look at your map, you can look at your phone, do other things with your hands while carrying all of your supplies. In your car, A simple, large uh, Tupperware, like uh, one of those large plastic containers would be the easiest. That way, it's kind of protected from everything else. Plus, you can kind of change it out as frequently as you need. Bunch of options for everybody, depending on their situation.
0: Sure, and one thing also to remember about keeping those supplies in your cars is car trunks in the summer get really, really, really hot. So if you have anything that might expire or is temperature sensitive, that's also a concern you would have, uh, keeping those things in your trunk. It's one thing just to make these kids, Kevin, but it's another thing to plan how to use them, especially with young kids in the house. You should have a plan in case of a disaster, a place to meet if, well, the house is gone. What happens when we open our eyes after the disaster's over?
1: Yeah, uh, family communications plans are always a big thing. And in the moment of the disaster, some people are going to be better prepared than others. Our kids uh, are a great opportunity for us to teach and learn. In schools, we teach them how to stop, drop, and roll. you know, the standard stuff for fire safety. We teach them how to call 911. I think this is a great opportunity for all of us to teach our next generation to call 911, be a little bit safer, and know what to do in an emergency, like where to evacuate out of a house or where to go in case of an emergency. So we frequently have conversations with my family about what to do in an emergency. It, this also includes of who to call and where to go in the middle of the night in case things go bad in the house or what to do. So I, I think having a family communications plan uh, would definitely help out anybody. And we do have copies uh, of some general plans for everybody to use on our website, readyillinois.gov.
0: Yeah, and plan, plan, plan. You want those um, instincts, I guess, to take over um, when you need them. We've been talking this morning with Kevin Sir. He's the director of communications with IEMA. Kevin, uh, as we enter severe weather season, especially here in southern Illinois, and I know you folks to the north of us got a, a good dose of it earlier this week, uh, best way to stay alert a NOAA Weather Radio and good old-fashioned AM-FM radio.
1: Yeah, uh, weather radios are an incredible uh, resource uh, that many people have to get the most up-to-date information from our friends at the National Weather Service. We are covered by five National Weather Service offices across the state of Illinois, and some offices are not even in Illinois. One of the biggest things that we've talked to them and frequently see is that people still don't know the differences between tornado watches and tornado warnings. Tornado watches is possible when, you know, some of the conditions are right for a tornado. A tornado warning is when a tornado has been sighted or indicated by weather radar. That's when we want people to take action. So a tornado watch is the conditions are right for a tornado. And then a tornado warning is that there's an immediate danger. You need to go down and uh, shelter in place and get yourself away from the danger. So knowing the differences between a tornado watch and a tornado warning is incredibly important to all of the public safety partners.
0: 835 News Radio WJPF. We've been talking this morning with Kevin Sir about the... Uh emergency disasters, preparedness kits. Kevin, one more time, what's that website where folks can uh, learn more and find some of these checklists of things they may need to have in their kits?
1: Yeah, uh, a lot of the information that we talked about today on emergency preparedness uh, kits, go kits, go bags. Uh, as well as communications plans, are available on our website at ready.illinois.gov. Keep in mind that Illinois is leading the nation in tornadoes in 2023, so I encourage all of you to get better prepared. Follow us on social media, Ready Illinois, or on our website, ready.illinois.gov. It's
0: 835 News Radio WJPF.